UBI Works Basic Income Talking Points Fact Sheet. This was last updated August 13th, 2021. On this page is an ever-evolving list of evidence-based talking points and narratives for basic income that UBI Works has compiled. We invite you to use this as a resource and share it with other activists and politicians who may find it helpful in their advocacy. Technology has contributed to job displacement and wage stagnation over the last 40 years. Technology is polarizing economic opportunity and quality of life, contributing to wage stagnation and shifting. The Great Decoupling From 1976 to 2014, Canada's cumulative labor productivity grew 53%, while the median workers' hourly wage grew only 3%. Increasing automation and globalization itself, enabled by technological advances, are the most likely causes. Center for the Study of Living Standards is the source for that. The Great Decoupling Our productivity has been growing while workers' wages have been left behind. Contribution of declining labor share and inequality. Similarly, American households at the 50th percentile of income distribution earns less today than he did in 1998. Technology is leading to labor market polarization, where work is concentrated in highly skilled, high-wage winners and low-wage losers, and the middle is being hollowed out. Middle-class jobs are disappearing, replaced with low- and high-paying jobs. Canada's labor polarization Middle-class jobs are disappearing while low- and higher-pay jobs are growing. We have never seen this scale of innovation in history. On a Richter scale, this would be a 9, where the first Industrial Revolution was a 5 to a 6. <clears throat> ARK Invest CEO Kathy Wood Why now? According to ARC's research, the global economy is undergoing the largest technological transformation in history. Estimated Impact of Innovation Platforms on Economic Activity Automation technology has been the primary driver in U.S. income inequality over the past 40 years. 50% to 70% of the changes in the U.S. wage st structure since 1980 can be accounted for by relative wage declines among workers who specialize in routine tasks in industries hit by rapid automation. The rapid growth in high and low education jobs has substantially reduced the share of middle-skill jobs in the U.S., with similar trends internationally. In 1979, the four middle-skill occupations, sales, office and administrative workers, production workers, and operatives, accounted for 60% of employment. This dropped to 49% in 2007 and down to 46% in 2012. Share of U.S. workers in low, medium, and high-skill occupations, 1979 and 2016.
Technology has enabled the rapid growth of globalization. Due to advances in technology, companies are finding it easier and more cost-effective to outsource around the world, making it an increasingly competitive alternative to hire and manufacture locally. Labor is diminishing in importance to production due to technology. Automation reduces the overall labor share, the portion of national income going to workers. There has been a slowdown in the growth of labor demand over the last three decades, and an almost complete stagnation over the last two. Canada's labor share of income has fallen from 60% in 1976 to 53% in 2014, and continues to fall. The OECD suggests that the technological developments of recent decades are entirely different than those in the past which relied on workers. Labor compensation as a share of GDP, Canada, percent, 1976 to 2014. In the past two decades, the U.S. labor share has declined to 60, from 63% in 2000 to 56% in 2018. Automation has been shown to contribute to a significant portion of this decline. Labor share percentage. Growth in low-skill and low-income jobs is outpacing high income. The share of low-paying jobs, jobs paying below the average wage in Canada, has been steadily rising over the last two decades. More and more Canadians are working low-paying jobs. Job growth concentrated in low-paying industries. Employment quality in Canada has been trending down. This long-term trend suggests that the decline is more structural than cyclical. The likelihood of being in the middle class is decreasing with each successive generation. Middle class missing millennials. Millennials are significantly less likely to be in the middle class than previous generations. Growth in average Canadian wages has barely caught up with inflation over the last 40 years. Average hourly wage by gender, Canada, 1981 to 2019. The proportion of employees earning minimum wage in Canada has doubled from 5.2% to 10.4% between 1998 to 2018, with most of that growth occurring between 2017 and 2018. Minimum wage workers as a percentage of total employees? Growth in part-time work has outpaced full-time work in the last 20 years. Workers in part-time jobs have had a steady rise in the length of time that they hold these jobs, rising from an average of 60 weeks in a part-time job to an average of 77 hours. Over the same period, the average tenure of full-time workers has only risen by four weeks, from 104 to 108 hours. Automation is threatening a wide range of jobs, working its way up and down the skills chain. 
Meanwhile, the cost of an industrial robotic system is projected to fall to less than $20 an hour in 2020, which is below the average worker's wage. In October 2019, the Bank of Canada's Business Outlook Survey reported that the job growth in Canada was set to slow over the next 12 months, while investments in automation remained steady. There is considerable evidence that displaced workers are re-employed at lower wages. Re-employed displaced workers are also more likely to work in part-time or non-permanent jobs than prior to displacement and work shorter hours on average. Displaced workers suffer earnings losses as high as 25% per year, six years after displacement. The earnings loss can be even more severe for high seniority workers, as high as 35% five years after displacement. Workers displaced by mass layoffs experience large and persistent earnings losses relative to similar workers who remained continuously employed with the same firm. Bank of Canada Due to the rise of Amazon and global e-commerce in 2019, U.S. retailers announced 9,302 store closings, a 59% jump from 2019. This number is estimated to be 14,000 in 2020. In 2020, hundreds of stores are due to close in Canada. 42% of Canadian jobs are at high risk of automation in the next 20 years. 42% of the Canadian labour force are in occupations that are at high risk, 70% plus probability, of automation over the next 20 years. On average, the arrival of one new industrial robot in a local labour market coincides with an employment drop of 5.6 workers. Some human replacing technology costs as low as $3 an hour to operate. Machines to do half of all work tasks by 2025. The jobs most at risk of automation, retail, salesperson, administrative assistant, transport truck driver, cashier, food counter attendant, and kitchen helper are also among the most common occupations in Canada. Since 2000, Canada lost about 500,000 manufacturing jobs. In Ontario alone, 340,000 manufacturing jobs have been lost since 2004. Manufacturing Employment in Canada, 2000-2019 Change in Employment in Manufacturing Jobs, Ontario, 1988-2018 Automation has been shown to be responsible for six times more job loss in manufacturing than global trade. A 2019 internal report from Wells Fargo projects that 10% of banking jobs will be displaced by technology over the next decade. Canadian food and beverage manufacturers are expected to deploy more industrial robotics over the next five years in order to speed up and improve the production time of products. 63% of Canadians are seriously concerned that technology will displace more jobs than it creates, Meanwhile, 75% of Canadians support universal basic income as a way to help workers displaced by automation. Retraining programs have been shown to be mostly ineffective. In Ontario, only 15% of people who went through 
a skills training program, which cost the government a billion dollars, found a job in their new field. Basic income increases entrepreneurship and gives everyone the ability to take risks. 10% of people who received CERB started a business. A basic income pilot in Japan increased interest in starting a business by 3.9 times. In 2018, over 100 Canadian CEOs representing over 2.3 billion in annual revenues signed a letter in support of basic income. How basic income could create a whole new class of entrepreneurs. The evidence is mounting that unconditional cash payments could unleash a new wave of business innovation. The rate of small business startups in Canada has declined by almost 13% since the early 2000s. Most small businesses are self-funded, and if the people have less money, there will be fewer new businesses starting. In the Nambia Universal Basic Income Pilot, entrepreneurship increased by 301%. In the Indian UBI Pilot, villages provided UBI saw three times the entrepreneurship of control villages. What would the world look like if entrepreneurship was easy and common? Compared with the Industrial Revolution, digital technologies are more likely to create winner-takes-all markets. Basic income has been shown to boost business activity and encourage entrepreneurship right here in Canada. Data shows that federal stimulus coincided with a surge in U.S. small business startups. If I had to support my family growing up instead of having time to code, if I didn't know I'd be fine if Facebook didn't work out, I wouldn't be standing here today. Mark Zuckerberg Airbnb and Reddit would not exist had they not gotten something like basic income from Y. Combatiner. Basic income can end poverty and improve health and educational outcomes. A national basic income could lift 3.2 million Canadian families out of poverty, ending poverty. The Canada Child Benefit, a basic income for families, has lifted 250,000 families, including 588,000 children, out of poverty. It has also reduced the number of low-income households experiencing severe food insecurity by one-third. The Canada Child Benefit, a basic income for families, is overwhelmingly responsible for Canada's reduced poverty and income inequality. The cost of poverty in Canada is estimated to be between 72 and 84 billion a year. The cost on the Canadian healthcare system alone is estimated to be at least 7.6 billion. UBC researchers gave $7,500 to homeless residents. 70% were food secure after one month. Spending on alcohol, cigarettes, and drugs went down 39%, and it saved the shelter system $8,100 a person. The increase in income disparity between the poorest 10% of Canadians and the richest 10% of Canadians grew by 10% between 2000 and 2016. Since 1982, the income share of the bottom 50% of earners declined by 28%, while the incomes of the top 1% rose by 53%. The top 1% of earners are seeing their incomes rise faster than the average Canadian, this growth discrepancy increases the top 0.1%, and even more so in the 0.01%. 
48% of Canadians are $200 or less away from insolvency. Canada's income equality ranks low compared to other developed nations, 12th out of 17 peer countries, and is getting worse. Meanwhile, Canada ranks as the 10th largest economy globally, with a nominal GDP of $1.73 trillion. Poverty is the single largest detriment of determinant of health, and ill health is an obstacle to social and economic development. Poorer people live shorter lives and have poorer health than affluent people. The poorest 1% of Canadian men die 8 years younger than the richest 1% of Canadian men. For Canadian women, the longevity gap is 3.3 years. Poverty has been shown to negatively affect cognitive functioning, equivalent to a drop in IQ of 13 points. Research shows that food insecurity, the lack of access to nutritious foods, can shorten lifespans by 9 years. One in eight households in Canada is food insecure, amounting to over 4 million Canadians, including over 1 million children. Universal basic income would virtually eliminate food insecurity. The number of single-person households accessing the food banks grew by 45% between 2007 and 2019. Mental strain from poverty can result in a 13-point drop in IQ. That one's from Princeton. Poverty results in poorer school performance. Students and families earning less than $30,000 a year score 20-30% to 30 lower on Grade 3 EQAO math and literacy tests than students and families earning more than $100,000 a year. This gap widens in Grade 6. Child poverty accounts for 21% of the risk of poor education outcomes. 50% of Ontario students who drop out of high school live in families earning less than $30,000 a year. I'm now convinced that the simplest approach will prove to be the most effective. The solution to poverty is to abolish it directly by a now widely discussed measure, the guaranteed income. Martin Luther King Jr., Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community, 1967. Basic income encourages work and ends the poverty trap of current social assistance programs. A survey of Canadians receiving CERB showed that 50% learned a new skill, 42% took an online class, and 10% started a business. They spent more time on unpaid work like housekeeping, caregiving, civic and voluntary work. Evidence of Employment Commitment Basic income-like benefits such as CERB and CRB allowed workers to push for higher wages and seek better opportunities. It showed us that basic income can make jobs work again for Canadians. A meta-analysis published in 2018 encompassing 16 separate basic income experiments over 105,000 research subjects, including those in Manitoba, found that people who received basic income do not work less. In a 2019 survey of Ontario basic income recipient, pilot recipients, 34% of respondents said that they found that the basic income supported employment by affording transportation to work, childcare, or ability to start or expand a business, while 32% of respondents were able to go back to school or upgrade skills. 
In a 2020 survey of Ontario Basic Income pilot recipients, over one-third of continuously employed respondents said that they experienced an increase in their hourly rate of pay following the start of the Basic Income Pilot Program. More than three-quarters of respondents who were unemployed six months before the pilot remained employed during the pilot, while one-fifth of those employed, unemployed six months before the pilot became employed during the pilot. Change in hourly rate of pay among the continuously employed. Started educational or training pursuits during the pilot of the previously employed and unemployed. Instead of relying on food banks, we should give people a basic income to purchase their own food. 85% of the people on the Ontario Basic Income Pilot bought more healthy food. 70% of those signing up for Ontario's Basic Income Pilot Project were working people trying to make ends meet. Since 1982, all Alaskan residents have been entitled to a yearly cash dividend from the Alaskan Permanent Fund. Research shows that the dividend had no effect on employment and increased part-time work by 17%. Welfare recipients may find themselves worse off financially if they have some earnings from paid employment than if they just stayed on welfare. Due to the stringent conditions on welfare programs, they often fail to help the very people they target and who need them most. In the U.S., 13 million people living in poverty are entirely disconnected from the federal safety net. They receive no assistance at all. With basic income, because it is unconditional and therefore never withdrawn as income is earned, people with basic incomes are always rewarded for working. The 25 billion hours of unpaid work done in Canada every year is estimated to be worth $319 billion in the money economy, or about 41% of GDP. Two-thirds of unpaid work is done by women, especially as caregivers, which our market economy currently fails to attribute value to. A basic income allows Canadians to better contribute in areas beyond traditional definitions of work, including caregiving, volunteerism, and artistic pursuits, which are vital to a thriving Canadian economy. Basic income has broad public support across the, public, the political spectrum. 75% of Canadians polled by Gallup in 2019 said that they supported a UBI as a way to help those who've been displaced by AI. Support for a universal basic income program in the U.S., U.K., and Canada. 59% of Canadians polled by Angus Reid in 2020 supported a UBI of between $10,000 and $30,000. In 2021, a poll showed that UBI was a top three election issue for Canadians. The most important issue to debate, next federal election. In 2020, over 50 Canadian senators signed a letter in favour of basic income. At the 2021 Liberal National Convention, Liberals voted overwhelmingly in support of basic income, with both of their basic income policy resolutions among the top five most endorsed by delegates. Many members of the Liberal caucus are vocal supporters of basic income. In 2021, Liberal MP Julie Dersowitz introduced Canada's first private member's bill for guaranteed basic income, Bill C-273. 
At the 2021 NDP National Convention, members proposed more than a dozen basic income policy resolutions. To date, the party has been silent on whether or not they support basic income as a part of the official party platform. In its 2019 election platform, the NDP had committed to creating a national basic income pilot project without taking a stance on whether or not they support a national basic income policy. In 2020, NDP MP Leah Gazin introduced the landmark Motion 46 for a guaranteed livable basic income. In 2021, the NDP included guaranteed livable income as part of their election platform. The Green Party is the only party to have GLI as part of their official platform. Their members have been very vocal supporters of basic income. Basic income has been championed by many prominent conservatives, including Nobel-winning economist Milton Friedman, former Canadian Conservative Senator Hugh Seagal, former federal PC leader Robert L. Stanfield, former Ontario PC leader and mayor of Toronto John Tory, the Alaskan Permanent Fund was established under Republican Governor J. Hammond in 1976 and pays an annual dividend to every resident. To date, the Conservative Party has not made an official position on basic income. To read more about each party's stance, you can visit the UBI Works party pages. Members of every single party have publicly supported basic income. Basic income can grow Canada's economy more than it costs while ending poverty. Canada's basic income for families, the Canada Child Benefit, is working to grow our economy while keeping Canadians out of poverty. The CCB is growing our economy by $2 for every $1 invested, while contributing over 450,000 full-time equivalent jobs, roughly 2.5% of the Canadian labour force. Driving $85 billion a year in revenues and $18 billion in gross profits to businesses, and keeping 588,000 children and 250,000 families out of poverty. Basic income can grow the economy and create jobs. Basic income could grow Canada's economy $80 billion a year, more than Canadian, Canadian tourism and hospitality industries combined, and create nearly 600,000 jobs in five years. Basic income can be good for business. Putting money in Canadians' hands let them spend it in their local economies, which could cause private capital investments to increase up to $15 billion a year, more than double all Canadian venture capital investments a year. Basic income is a raise for working Canadians. Economic activity from basic income would cause businesses to hire, spending up to $32 billion a year in total wages, as much as the profits of our top three banks. Basic income can be a self-sustaining investment. Basic income could grow the economy more than it costs in the long term, making this a sustainable investment over time. It could generate $22 billion a year in new government revenues from new economic activity, as much as all the EI premiums paid by employees and employers, all while ending poverty and growing the middle class. Basic income could grow the economy sustainably while lifting 3.2 million families out of poverty and giving a raise to most Canadians. We can pay for basic income without needing to raise personal income taxes on working Canadians or eliminating important needs-based programs. We've compiled $800 billion worth of funding options from across the political spectrum that can pay for a national basic income. This 23-page document is UBI Works, Basic Income Talking Points Fact Sheet. What do you think?
I read this, so you don't have to. Leave some comments below and let me know what you think of Universal Basic Income.